Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Take Action with Keon. Uh, I'm your host, Keon Henderson, and uh, we've been on a roll here lately. We've been talking to some great people about some great things, and today is no different. Uh, we've been uh, discussing limits, and we've been discussing moguls and ministry and all these different things. Today, uh, I have a great friend and a great guest and uh, just a all-around fantastic guy who uh, has been my friend for years. And um, uh, again, we're not in the studio today. I'm just really interviewing people on the run as I go. And uh, he just got back from Australia doing some great business over there. And I just got back here into the United States. And I just recently got back from Africa. And so uh, we have been keeping in contact in two totally different time zones, almost a day and a half apart. But uh, we're back here at home and um, here right now just discussing uh, a couple of things. And I want to introduce you to a good friend of mine and he'll uh, do his own resume. But his name is Sam Bean, uh, just a, a fantastic businessman, uh, motivational speaker with the worldwide business. Uh, Sam, welcome to Take Action. I appreciate you having me, Pastor Keon. Hey, man, you are you are a phenomenal person, man. Just for those of uh, and we've you know we've got a couple thousand people that have subscribed to our uh, podcast here in just a few weeks, and by the time they hear this episode, which will be uh, weeks down the line, um, who knows where it would be. So, to the people who are in our audience who may not know your name or may not know your profession, um, and some may. Because I know that you're pretty well known, but just tell us who you are, what you do, and uh, so that we can get acquainted with you. Uh, well, first of all, again, congratulations on all the success that you had. You know, like I said, with this, it's no different than anything else. You know, everything you touch turns to gold and explodes. And so I'm just honored to be, you know, uh, on this and with you at this moment. And for those of you who are out there who have never heard of me, my name is Samuel Bean, and uh, I grew up in Houston in a little, little spot called Fifth Ward. And, uh, you know, government projects, government assistance, things like that, and um, got a chance to get away from it all, went to the military, and did a stint during Desert Storm, came home, went into real estate, and uh, opened up three companies, and 2008, lost all three of them at one time, wow. and, uh, you know, so again, uh, you say, wow, now, but, you know, at, at that time, I thought it was probably the worst thing that ever happened to me, and, and it turned out it was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me, because... Uh, I do believe that your steps are ordered, and mm -hmm. I think that those things were removed from me because it wasn't uh, why I was put here, you know, on this earth. I think that was, uh, again, uh, clearing my path to my purpose. And so here I am now, you know, doing business with uh, my my senior partner, my mentor, Holton Bugs. A lot of you guys probably have heard of him. And uh, we do business on the international scale, and I'm into commodities, I'm into weight management, and the coffee, and I do business in 34 out of 54 countries that we do business in. So, uh, but so you, me, you personally do business in 34 of the 54. Yes, sir. Directly wow. and indirectly. Eight I've been to. Eight. Uh, the other ones I, I do, you know, via internet, via WhatsApp, and and all this other good social media stuff that we have today, Zoom. Uh, you know, whatever technology will allow me to do, that's how we do it. Well, so and one of the other dynamics of your uh, business is that you've got a strong partnership with your wife. Mm -hmm. You know, Kim has been uh, an amazing support system. I've seen her over the years. Uh, you guys are like yin and yang, just kind of tandem. And uh, w would you say that uh, being in 
uh, not only relationship but working proximity with your wife, how, how has that helped and how are you able to manage that? Because some people can't work with their spouses like that. Well, first of all, you have to want to manage it. Um, you know, for me, uh, I grew up with the old school mentality that you know, the man runs the house and, you know, makes the decisions. And uh, once I realized that my wife was a whole lot smarter uh, than I gave her credit for, and I started <laughs> listening to her and started taking her advice, uh, things start to grow, things start to prosper. Uh, we actually got a lot tighter, communication got better, and next thing you know, um, it's, it's been, you know, pure bliss. You know, actually, it's us working together business-wise has actually helped our uh, our marriage. You know, we hadn't had an argument. We probably had one argument. I'll take that back in the last maybe nine and a half years. What? Yeah, one real argument. Wow. That's it. And then, again, because of the business forces us to personal develop. Mm-hmm. It first forces us to go through our uh, process of working on ourselves. And, you know, in that process, we end up working on ourselves for each other. So, again, I'm... I got better at communicating with her, and, and she got better at not nagging me. Don't tell I said that. No, I got you. <laughs> Hopefully she's not listening to this, but I know my sister, she probably will, because this oh, is man. self-help and self-development. Um, let me ask you, what is your top priority? Uh, top priority right now is just, it's family. Hmm. And, uh, and for me, you know, when you look at everything that I do in my business, it's, you know, helping everybody else, putting everybody else else's families first, which means that my family will never be last. And... You know, making sure that I help people retire, you know, puts me in a position where I never have to go back to work. You know? All right, so, so let's stop right there. So, <clears throat> so one of the portions of your game plan is to make sure that other people retire so you don't have to go back to work. Yeah, you know, so this is the thing. If, if the foundation, you know, is very, very important. And so for me, I want to build my successes on the backs of other people's successes that I help create. You know, so when you look at you getting to the top by yourself, it means you're flying. And if you ever lose your wings because you get too close to the sun, you come tumbling down. <laughs> and so for me, I'd rather take the stair-step method, one brick method, and, and, and help one person at a time, put them in a position where they have a choice now to walk away from the job or they have enough substantial you know, part-time income to where um, I'll never have to have, worry about income at all. So your top priority is your family, mm-hmm. and in that, making sure that other families succeed so that yours can ultimately succeed. I remember one time hearing you say that the best way to get what you want is to help other people get what they want. For me, that's that's not the main thing. That's the only thing. Mm. Uh, because for me, um, that keeps me focused. And my personality trait is I'm organized chaos. And so I need something to make sure that I keep my eyes on the prize. I need something to make sure that you know I stay focused you know, on the thing. The big thing for me, again, is other people. You know, for me, I've spent my life uh, working on building relationships and working on people skills. And and, uh, and when a person meets me, it's I, I call it, I give them the Sam Bean experience. And so you can't walk away from me without falling in love with me. That's just how I, you know, <laughs> well, you it's just got, my you, affirmation. You, you, know? you sprinkled that dust on me too, man. I, I fell in love with you the day I met you. And listen, man, you know, it's, it's amazing um, that everything you say goes back, it's always focused. You're always laser focused. I, re- I remember we went on vacation together once mm-hmm. in California. And just now, before you and I started this interview, I was down on my iPad uh, doing some work. And you know what? What reminded me was is the last time I was with you, mm-hmm. it was chaos going around. Everybody was talking. Everybody was doing stuff. And you had your iPad out working. And when I saw you, I said, you know what? I'm going to work. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this done. And then 
um, and, and I went for it. And, um, you know, a scattered mind is, is an unproductive mind. For those of y'all who read the Bible, the Bible says a, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his or her ways. In other words, the more you are doing at a moment without a focused uh, transaction or, or perspective, uh, the less effective you, you're going to be because there's a difference uh, between being uh, in business and just being busy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. and the scattered brain people are more lucky than good. You know, <laughs> I mean, it just, it, it's, I call it the Christopher Columbus effect. You know, you yeah. can get somewhere, but that doesn't mean you meant to be there. And so for me, you know, you have to know who you are. And then for me, I had to put in, you know, uh, protection the devices, you know, mm-hmm. like Mr. Bugs, listening to him 24 hours a day, seven days a week when I first got started, you know, having all of my mentorship sessions and coaching sessions, you know, uh, because who you follow is very, very important, you know, and so he had a lot of philosophies, <clears throat> you know, that he, you know, followed and principles that he followed uh, that were mostly, if not all, biblical. Mm-hmm. And so uh, even though he never had to say the Bible, but everything he did, you know, could be found in the Bible. And so... Uh, again, when you talk about personal development and evolving and things and how me and my wife became so tight, but how we became better, you know, it's because of also our association, you know. So for me, you know, I always put myself in a position where I protect that one relationship because it's the one relationship that's meant the most to me. Because mm-hmm. yeah, some people, why, why would you say that? Because, you know, obviously my wife has understood the situation, but it's very, very important because what I learned from him has helped me be a man in my relationship with my wife is what I learned from him helped me become a better father to my kids and a better provider. And so, you know, for me, that relationship is very, very important. And so association, you know, again, people don't, they don't put enough weight on it. They don't put enough value on it. And they take it for granted and they take advantage of it too at the same time. So if I'm listening to you, uh, somebody may be saying, yeah, okay, Sam, I, I just Googled you. Okay. You made millions of dollars. Uh, you and your family live in a nice neighborhood. You drive, Nice cars. Uh, easy for you to say. Okay. Well, what about me? Because I'm not rich. I don't drive a nice car. I don't have a big business and I don't have a mentor. What well, do you tell me? Well, first of all, when the last time you ever heard me talk about my car? <laughs> no. I never heard you talk about it. Even me. in the presentation, I don't talk about cars, houses. I don't talk about anything except for impacting people's lives. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you want to change, you know, you're going to have to help other people make their changes. You know, everybody's got their own specific affliction. Everybody's got their own specific, you know, a challenge and it was assigned to you. And so if your assigned, your challenge was health, if it was, you know, finances, if it was, you know, something, whatever it is, you know, that you could see as a hindrance or a problem or, or an excuse, you know, it was assigned to you. So once you learn how to get around it and get, and, and, and get it out of your way, then you can help the other millions of people who are behind you who didn't have the courage to, you know, get it resolved to begin with. And so that's how you create, you know, value for yourself. That's how you go out there and, and add value to yourself by adding value and a, and, a, and a solution to something that's needed in the market, in society. So for me, <clears throat> the other thing is this, you know, again, it's, it was about association. Um, being around, like if I'm hanging around you, per se, uh, I'm going to be a better person. It has to be that way because... If I'm not a good person, I'm hanging around you, it will make me uncomfortable to be around you. So I have one or two options. I have options to either leave your presence or stay around it and get better. So I fit in and get comfortable. So when you look at Mr. Bugs, my mentor, my association with him, um, his his personal development level is so high. His financial thermostat is set so high. His The income that he earns is so, is so vast that I have to be able to have a conversation with him. So I have to get better. 
he's not going to dumb himself down so I can fit in. You know, so he's forcing me, you know, to become a better man. He's forcing me to become educated. He's forcing me to become responsible, you know. And so find some people who will force you to change, you know, not because they want you to change, but because it's necessary and you require it of yourself. So so then <clears throat> tell me some of the things that I can do and, and some of our listeners, um, because some of them are just getting started. You know, we did a, a research study, study and found out that the majority of our audience is between the ages of 25 and 34. Mm -hmm. So you're talking to a millennial group right now mm -hmm. uh, who's in between not yet and, 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 and already. You know, it's like they're in between. How can they be more effective? What tips do you have for them? Well, you know, when you look at uh, millennials today, uh, a lot of the millennials don't want to go to work. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to go to work. Uh, they're very, very ambitious. And it's not that they're looking for the shortcut. They're looking for the answer. And so, you know, for a person Ooh, who stay, stay, stay right there, because uh, I think that a lot of their babies just leap, and because a lot of millennials are so dogged and and mm -hmm. uh, and and ostracized by mm -hmm. older generations, mm -hmm. you just said something that I've never heard before, and I think that a lot of them will agree with. They're not looking for shortcuts; they're mm -hmm. looking for the answer. The answer. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, well, see, this thing. Your your grandfather, you know, he did things a certain way, and. You're supposed to learn from him and evolve. You're supposed to be better. You're supposed to make more. And when you look, when you look at millennials, millennials are not supposed to. Um, if their parents made thirty to fifty thousand dollars a year, they should, they're not supposed to make thirty to fifty thousand. They should make one hundred fifty to fifty hmm. because they should have learned and evolved. And so, if a person you know who raised me worked fifty, sixty hours a week and they knew that wasn't the way, they should have been teaching me. You know, how to actually work 10, 15 hours from home for myself as opposed to working 50, 60 hours or even 50, 60 hours for myself. The hours are irrelevant, but for myself as opposed to uh, for somebody else. And what I like about the millennials is that they are. A lot of them are extremely Internet savvy. Uh, they are very, very resourceful uh, and they have great communication skills. They're not afraid to speak with people and talk to people. Uh, and, and, they're, and when you look at most of my generation, most of my generation don't do a lot of communicating. They're, they're real standoff. It's just, you know, it's, it's you know, you, we were raised, you know, don't talk to strangers and, and, and we're still 40, 50 years right. old and some of us still don't talk to strangers. Right. And so we have to go and be deprogrammed where right. millennials don't. Right. And they're talking to everybody. everybody. And they're already in an advantageous you know, position, you know, because they are fearless. And, and, and if you can put the right millennial with the right mentor and coach, that person can take over the world because that person hasn't learned how to fail yet. So if you are, if you're in the face of a millennial right now and, and they ask you the question, uh, Mr. Sam, where do you get your great ideas from? Uh, where can I go? What, what can I read? What can I do? Because you're saying they're looking for the answer. Mm -hmm. And so uh, not a shortcut, but an answer. Mm -hmm. Give me an answer. This is the answer. <clears throat> the one thing that, you know, when you look at millennials, social media is huge. Okay, and so now you can get, it's the information age. People are paying for information, but also information is being given away for free. And when you look at YouTube, YouTube is one of the biggest sources of free, valuable information. Mm. And whatever it is that they want to do for a living, whatever challenge that you are having in your life, marriage, finances, whatever it is, you can Google it or you can, do, you can go to YouTube and there's a video on it. There's a link on it. There's a link mm. on it. And what you do is you now start taking the information and start watching videos and start listening to you know, uh, everything that you feel like you need, you know, in the, in, in the area of your life that you need to help with, whether it be business, life, personal, whatever, weight, you know, addictions, whatever it is, YouTube has so much stuff. That's a start right there. 
you know, and then, you know, some of these people who are on YouTube, you know, if you follow them, you know, you continue to get the information, updated information. And, you know, some of these people you can actually reach out to for advice. You know, and, and like I said, if you, if you feel like that person's spirit is in the right place and you can connect with them, you feel like they have no agenda when it comes to mentoring you as a brand new person that they don't know. Then at, and then at that point in time, build a relationship with them and see where it goes. So what advice would you give somebody going into leadership for the first time, going into a career for the first time? What's the first step? I would find somebody who's already in your field and has already succeeded, who already has what you want, what you desire, and that person, and, and win that person over. Basically, you know, let that person know that you value their time and that you're willing to do whatever you need to do to get more of it. You, you want to learn. You want to, you want to sit at their feet. You want to be humble and, and you want to take in everything they're willing to pour into you. Because, you know, the thing about life, uh, there's no shortage of mentors. There's just a shortage of people who understand the value of it and respect Whoa, it. Oh, wait, stay so, right there. That's good because, you know, I, I just thought about how we, we look on television and we see all of the mentors we would like to have. You know, President Obama, uh, P. Diddy. Jay-Z, uh, Beyonce, you know, and, and we look at these people who are on television and we say, you know what, I'd like to be a mentor by Michelle Obama mm -hmm. or these people. But you just said something key. Mm -hmm. You said um, there's no shortage of mentors, mm -hmm. just maybe a, a shortage of students. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I want to say this to, to who you guys are listening to. One of the people that I attribute uh, one of the biggest downloads into my life um, and, and those of y'all who know our ministry, uh, God has blessed our church to grow from five people uh, to nearly 7,000 in just over eight years. And we've uh, been able to accumulate uh, multiple, multiple acres of land and, and a bunch of real estate and, and just a, a lot of influence. And God did all of that. But, you know, when people say to me, where did you get the influence from? The 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 overwhelming consensus is that, okay, you know, you know he, he met Bishop T.D. Jakes, and Bishop T.D. Jakes <clears throat> took him in as a son. And yes, I must admit that being uh, under the tutelage of Bishop Jakes has changed my life. It has changed the trajectory of my life. Mm -hmm. He has been to me what Mr. Holton Bugs has been to you, right. um, opening doors that, that, that I didn't even know needed to be opened, closing doors that I tried to get through. Mm -hmm. But before I ever met him, mm -hmm. I met uh, Tanae Jordan, who had a church back in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Before I met him, um, I, I knew a guy, and still know and still good friends with a guy named John Murray, who uh, whose church seats 100 and, and maybe 86 people, uh, but downloaded so much into uh, my mind that helped me to make it. And so sometimes, guys, you're reaching uh, for mentors because they have notoriety. And there are some people who are around your inner circle right now that you can reach mm -hmm. that can actually, watch this, prepare you for the person you really want. You see, it was it was the Tanae Jordans and the Kenneth Flowers and 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 the Cato Brookses and all of those people that I knew, Marion Johnson, all the people that I knew as a kid growing up, whose names you may not even know, Donald L. Parson. These are all preachers that I knew growing up who were never famous, who were never on television, uh, who had never built thirty thousand member churches, but because of my connection and association with them, they through their tutelage, made me uh, palatable for somebody else because right. I wasn't so low right. where I had to come all the way from the bottom. And I see right. you smiling because something must be jumping <laughs> in your head when I said that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, it, it really is because, you know, you have uh, a lot of people who, in my industry specifically, um, they look at the person who makes the most money, and that's a bad, that's a bad gauge. 
they look at the people who have the biggest teams. That's a bad gauge, you know, and they look at all the wrong, you know, um, the wrong markings of, of what they would actually, what they should use to judge mentor coaches and mentors. And so, you know, I had a, a young lady, I mean, a young man I talked to probably about three years ago. And uh, I remember this person, you know, he looked down, you know, on my leadership, you know, not necessarily because of the leadership style. Um, he just felt like for me, I wasn't the guy to mentor him because I was only making $25,000 a month at that time. Mm. The guy that he wanted to mentor him. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you know, he was only making $25,000 a month at that time. But <laughs> just, I want you to just stop <laughs> so, and smile at that. That'll show you how successful he is, but go ahead. You know, so, the, the guy, and then, so the guy that he wanted to mentor him was the guy who made $100,000 know, a, a month. And so, and I explained to him, but first of all, uh, you haven't even made 1000 yet. Okay. So you know, so let's 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 start let's start there first. Right, right. You, right. You're not even prepared to, to to even sit at the table of the person who is making a, a million dollars, a hundred thousand dollars a month right mm-hmm. now. You're not that guy. The fact that you you make two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year at your job, okay, that's twenty thousand dollars a month at your job. That's great. I said, but that's not this industry. I said, you got to cut your teeth. You got to earn your way up. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to get there. You know, not by accident, but on purpose. And so you just can't, you know, come in and say, hey, look, this, I, I want Bishop T.D. Jakes to be my mentor and coach. You're not ready for that because you don't know what that looks like. Because if you if you waste Bishop T.D. Jakes' time, you won't get it anymore. Mm-hmm. Just like those people who you talked about that these people hadn't heard about. Those people are the blessings. Those people are the real reason why. You actually, they prepared you for that relationship. Absolutely. They groomed you for that relationship. And so, you know, me and that guy have a we have a really good relationship these days, and uh, he's doing real well. He's a six figure ringer in my group, but he had to have that conscious interrupt at that point in time, let him know he wasn't who he thought he was at that time. What's a conscious interrupt? Yeah, <laughs> yes. The thing about it is when you have a conscious interrupt, you know, it, it's it's something that comes to the light that you you were just you were ignorant of you were ignorant of, mm-hmm. and it just you made you think he made he made himself aware that. That he was acting out of ego. It made him aware that he was acting out of deification and disrespect. He was acting out of out of personality and character because it really wasn't him that was doing the speaking. It was you know again it was just you know uh, his ego talking at that mm-hmm. time. And so when I I knew I could have a conversation with him about that, and we when we had that conversation, he lined up not right away, but he lined up because he had to be taken back. And it, it stung a little bit, but I wasn't going to. Um, let me say spare the ride because you know I, I really needed him to get the information. I really wanted him to win and succeed. And I didn't want him to, you know, get a sugarcoated situation where it's going to hinder him. He thinks that he can still go and do that, you know. But you know that that constant interrupt I've had a lot, you know, because you know even in my industry, you know, when you say you have people who think this because they grab a microphone on the Bible that they're going to have a big church, and you know, the constant interrupt is you know when you sit down with a pastor Keon and you. You go back and trace his steps and you see everything that he went through. You at that point in time have a conscious interrupt. You at that point in time realize you really don't even want to be a pastor because you don't want to have to go through what he has to go through. A lot of people look at what God has done now and what they don't see is that my first assignment as a pastor was in a room uh, at a uh, a laundromat. Hmm. And uh, I had three people listening to me preach and I had to tell the church to say hallelujah in between the wash and the rent cycles and, and people were coming to the laundromat and they were buying Pepsi Colas and in those times everything was in cans and, mm-hmm. and right during church you hear this can 
dropping down, yeah. making this loud thump. And then God blessed me from there mm -hmm. to start a church in, in a, a daycare center where we had to clean up the diapers every morning. And, and we were renting a sound system for $250 a week from a guy named Rob Ryder. And then when we really did start doing well and got 200 members, we got a church building that was 115 years old where the ceiling was falling down and the pipe had burst in the basement and the water was so deep that it came up through the second floor, which means that the water in the basement made the carpet wet on the first floor. Um, we've had all kinds of things, no heat in that building. Uh, having to sit in a room uh, with a, a metal chair and a, a TV tray as a desk. Uh, all of that prepared mm -hmm. me for, and this is why I still walk around a 65,000 square foot building, still picking up mm -hmm. paper off the ground mm -hmm. and, and still caring about the small things and, mm -hmm. and still picking up. I was just in the parking lot the other day, picking up rocks and throwing them back in a rock bed mm -hmm. because it has to be done in excellence. Those moments train you mm -hmm. on how to take care of a, a, see excellence. Excellence is one size mm -hmm. fits all. Doesn't matter what size the organization, doesn't matter what size the business, right. you've got to do it in an excellent manner. Just a last thought, I'm looking at your t-shirt and it says, sleep is the new broke. Sleep is a very expensive activity, which for some is a poor financial decision. Sleep is for suckers. Explain that. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, sleep, you know, we got both. You have, obviously, the, the literal and the metaphorical. You know, you have a lot of people who are, who are sleeping on, on life. They think that just because they wake up, you know, things are going to happen well for them because they're good people. They mm -hmm. think because they pray that God's going to drop money in their bank account. He's going to, you know, he's going to, he's going to actually fix the engine in the car. He's, they think that all these <laughs> things are going to happen because they pray and because they're good people. And, uh, you oh know, my goodness, that is who hilarious. Are, who are on their feet sleep. And 97% mm. mm. of people who are in America will die with less than $300 in the bank. And, and a lot of them are good people. Wow. And so they're asleep. They're out on their feet sleep, one. Uh, two, you know, you got some lazy people. You got people who just sleep. And instead of getting up, you know, working out, getting up and, and, and making more phone calls, getting up, uh, perfecting their trade and what have you, they'd rather, you know, sleep. They'd rather sleep in. You know, and, and the thing about it is this, you, most people would rather have something to complain about than an actual resolution to that challenge. Hmm. And most people actually rather lay in bed than be the person who comes to their own aid and save their own life. You know, and so it's just, you know, from this day and age, a lot of people are sleeping and nobody really cares. Most people have already accepted their their, their role in life as it is, you know, one that they're living right now. And um, they're just gonna continue to sleep until, you know, they're, they're sleeping for good. And ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna wrap it up right there. That is a good way to end it. And I want you to hear what he said clearly because we're not saying don't get rest. He's saying that when you walk, don't be asleep. He's saying that when you are walking, don't walk dead. Don't, don't, don't be a zombie. Uh, do something with your time. Do something where you deserve the sleep. Do something exactly. where you earn the sleep so that you can enjoy the sleep. Um, mm -hmm. This is Keon Henderson along with my good friend and uh, I mean lifetime buddy, Mr. Sam Bean. Uh, who is doing a phenomenal job. Sam, what's your uh, Instagram? Uh, S. Bean Jr. S. Bean Jr. S-B-E-A-N. S. Bean Jr. You can follow him on Instagram. He's always putting up some inspirational. I go to his page on purpose every day. Uh, this is my good friend and my good buddy, Sam Bean. I'm Keon Henderson again, and we will see you next week on Take Action with Keon. God bless you all. Love you, and there's nothing you can do about it.
friends and colleagues it's time to take action and subscribe to this podcast. Follow Kian Henderson on social media at Pastor Kian. Visit the website daily for lifestyle, leadership, and learning at kianhenderson.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep doing life.